Hello and welcome. I'm Uri. And I'm Rifki. And you're listening to Talking Tachlis, the podcast where we talk about Jewish life and life in general. Well, Rifki, another action-packed week. And we, we mentioned something briefly on our previous episode, and it's come back in the news. I think maybe we need to delve into it a little more deeply. Yeah, unfortunately. We thought we, thought we could get away with it. But um, Uri, exactly, exactly as you say, you know, um, one of our favorite beats that we people make fun of us about, but one of our favorite beats here at Talking Talkless is anti-Semitism. And we're trying to avoid talking about it too much, you know, it becomes a little bit too much of a, of a trope, as you might say. Well, you don't even believe but, um, that it's productive to even use that term. That that's true. I was actually thinking about that. I'm like, I hate that this is the the language we're going back that. to. But we absolutely. But but let's just you know we'll give the background. Most of you probably know the story, but let's just do a little, little bit of context here. So over the last month, Kanye West, who's a famous rapper and producer, tweeted a series of tweets with blatant anti-Semitic tropes and messaging. And we'll include links, but you've probably seen many of these. Uh, you've probably seen DefCon three things like that. He was disavowed by many in his industry, most in his industry, and his sponsors, but he also has a not-too-small legion of fans and followers who are using this sort of canceling as further proof that the Jews really do control the media. Then, Kyrie Irving, a famous basketball player, tweeted out a link to a 2018 documentary called Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. And or, I didn't see this film. I don't think you saw this film either, but we, we both read about it, and it really seems like... Film is a, is a stretch. Uri, I, you, you work in the industry, but um, this doesn't seem like the best quality movie. But, you know, it's on Amazon. If anyone's interested, check it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, but this movie is basically, it seems like, this documentary is really about how black people and not the Jews are the real Hebrews. This movie is filled with even more anti-Semitic tropes and, of course, a little Holocaust denial because why not? After refusing to apologize when he was given multiple opportunities, he was indefinitely suspended from his team, the Nets. And he's since apologized, but shockingly, no one seems to really be taking that apology seriously. And as of recording, he's still not allowed uh, back to be playing again for the Nets. Well, there's a list of stipulations that the Nets gave Kyrie that he has to do in order to return. Um, I don't think any of them are too crazy, but uh, he has to apologize. He did that. I think what he did counts. He has to make a $500,000 donation donation to anti-hate causes. He has to complete sensitivity training. He has to um, complete anti-Semitism training. And he has to meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders. Right. So so why are we talking about this now after it finally seemed to be dying down? I think it's now been like two weeks since like the, the major stories. And I think finally we're like getting over it. But legendary comedian Dave Chappelle blew up the story in the monologue he gave when he hosted the sketch comedy show Saturday Night Live this past weekend. And we'll play a little clip from it, but really, you should watch the full thing. It's about, se- well, the, the part that talks about Jews and, and the whole Kanye and Kyrie thing is about seven minutes long. We'll, of course, link to it in the show notes, but let's play a little clip of it so you get a little bit of a sense of the monologue. Well, I've been to Hollywood. <laughs> no one's y'all to get mad at me. I'm just telling you, I've been to Hollywood. This was just what I saw. It's a lot of Jews. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> but that didn't mean anything. You know what I mean? There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. That mean we run the place. <laughs> I could see if you had some kind of issue. You know what I mean? You might go out to Hollywood and your mind might start connecting some kind of lines and you could maybe adopt the delusion that the Jews run show business. It's not a crazy thing to think. But it's a crazy thing to say out loud in a kind of like this. So, Uri, let's take a step back and let's talk about a few things. First of all, people are talking about this quote-unquote resurgence of anti-Semitism. What's your take? What do, what do you think about that? Do you think that's real? Do you think that's scary? Do you think it's... Uh, what do you think? Second of all, what did you think of Chappelle's monologue? Did you think it was funny, not funny, cruel, offensive, funny and offensive, any other combination? And another thing that I'm not even sure how to talk about, but it does seem worth talking about, the three men involved here, right, Kanye West, Kyrie Irving, and Dave Chappelle, are not only three famous entertainers, but three black entertainers. Does that mean anything? And if so, what does it mean? Yeah, um, I guess I'll give quick answers to those questions, maybe, and then and then we can uh, dive more deeply into it. Oh, 
I don't think this is a resurgence of anti-Semitism. I'm not the only one saying this because in, I don't think anti-Semitism any, ever went anywhere. What Chappelle basically alludes to in his monologue was that people think these things. It's almost, according to him, reasonable to think some of these things. You just don't say them out loud. And I think what's happening right now is people are saying these things out loud when they hadn't in more recent years. That's my perception of it. To answer your second question, I I chuckled at a, at a few of the jokes. I, I think he's a very talented comedian, and I did laugh a little bit. I also was offended. So, you know, so I was offended and uh, thought of part, part of it, at least, was, was funny and well done. And finally, the thing about them all being black, I mean, it's a very sensitive topic, but that's it's obviously not a coincidence because, I mean, the movie that Kyrie... Okay, first of all, Kyrie posting that movie, I think, could not have been a coincidence that it happened in the wake of the Kanye controversy. Do you agree that he was doing that in response to what was going on with Kanye? It seems probably, like it. Yeah. Probably. I'd be surprised if it weren't, but yeah, I, I don't know about their relationship. I don't I don't know much. Right. But it seemed I, like it was sort of a show of support for yes. at least some of the ideology. Yeah. Right. And so aside from the fact that they're both black, Kanye also had alluded to some of that same ideology where he said in a couple of his interviews and tweets that like he can't be anti-Semitic because he's a Semite, he's the real Jew, Jews are not the Jews. I, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but it was basically that same type of ideology. Um, so it was coming, which which comes from this group that we mentioned, the Black Hebrew Israelites, and also on the other end, but similar ideology from Louis Farrakhan, who we've talked about a lot, and we don't have to you know talk about him too much, but he's part of this story. And then Chappelle, I think, was naturally defending, first of all, talking about the two of them, and in a way defending them because he identifies with them. Which makes sense. I, I think it was his blackness that made him feel an allegiance or an identity with Kanye and Kyrie. Do you do you agree with that? Uh, I actually don't think so. I think that okay. Dave Chappelle has an allergy to people being "quote unquote" canceled, and that's what he was reacting to. It didn't seem like there was interesting. I mean, it could have been but, both, but. Sure. I, I mean, what's what's your evidence that it's tied? You're saying because Chappelle also kind of has ties to Farrakhan and because he's black? Well, that's, I mean, that's in your his, thinking? I mean, in this monologue itself, he, he references black people in, in different ways. I think the most directly to the point that I'm trying to make or the connection I'm trying to make is when he says the NBA told him to apologize. Talking about Kyrie, the NBA told him to apologize. He was slow to apologize. So the list of demands got longer and longer. And this is where I draw the line. I know the Jewish people have been through terrible things all over the world, but you can't blame that on black Americans. You just can't. You know what I mean? So he- That's funny because I think when he says, this is where I draw the line, I think he's talking about drawing the line and making the list of demands. Yeah. And that's what he's talking about being canceled. Well, I think the next part is related to, to blackness, definitely. But the, the, I think that the first part well, feels like it's I mean, I think my he, argument. Those you don't think those paragraphs are connected to each other? He's going. He's not going from one thought and building on it to the next. I think what he's saying is that yes, he doesn't like people being canceled, but he's saying those demands are too much because Kyrie is black and black people didn't do the Holocaust. They didn't do historic anti-Semitism. So don't be like he apologized. That's enough. Move on. Like. He's black. It's okay. It, that's, I don't. To me, it doesn't doesn't seem. Why like is he bringing that in? That black. Why is he bringing that in? I think he's connecting it also to to earlier. He's coming back to. to the, the, there's a whole. I mean, people people should listen to, or people should watch the entire monologue so they see. But I think he he's bringing together several different um, kind of strands um, and kind of weaving them together. That that look, you could very well be right. That's my opinion. Okay, so right. what do you he's think? He's also so he's a very think? he's a very smart comedian. So I imagine he, he might be doing multiple things well, as well. He's very smart. That, and I that's think the he way also, I read right. it. Right. I also just want to say like... In oh, I'm sorry. That's not the way I read it. That's the way I, I, I heard his delivery. Okay. So you think that... Meaning well, based on like his pauses and like based on the way he was structuring kind of the, 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 the paragraphs. Uh, okay. I also... Right. I just want to point out that like he... First of all, obviously he's very intelligent, but he... every Unlike the Kanye rants and, and tweets and whatever like stream of consciousness, whatever, like this was every single word and pause and intonation, I think, obviously, was planned and deliberate in this monologue. So meaning I wouldn't waste my time dissecting Kanye's tweets and like what exactly was he referring to and is this connected to that? For this, I think it is fair to do that because that he's that's the standard that I hold a brilliant comedian to. But so yeah, what, that makes sense. I mean, what are your answers to the those questions at the end, especially 
the last one that you seem to disagree a little bit with me on. Um, well, I, the, the first question I think is actually the, the one that I struggle with the most, this idea of like whether there's a resurgence of anti-Semitism, uh, because I feel really uh, conflicted about this. I think like, and I guess, I guess that's really related to the way that I feel about the, the Dave Chappelle piece, um, because I think that Kanye and Kyrie, both of them are people, we've talked about this in the past when we, we thought we were skirting the, the longer conversation, but Kanye and Kyrie are both people who I think uh, people have been making fun of for a long time for kind of saying stupid things and having gone off the deep end in a lot mm-hmm. of ways and maybe making fun of them. Yeah. On purpose, yeah. probably, and, on some level. But yeah. I don't know. I think no, also provocative. Which is fine. I'm just saying, like, they know they're being provocative when they, when they say and do a lot of their things that they have said and done. Yeah, but I think when when like when Kyrie has you know talked about you know the Earth being flat or like mm-hmm. oh, you know I oh I, I see things differently you know so like what like why are you getting mad at me you know like stuff like that or you know it being anti-vax and whatever like I think like you know he's yes he is being provocative but he's also he's not an intellectual not in this leader. way and that's okay like like I don't think I'm, and I think that to me is the scary part because I think that for uh, I want to think like who cares like it's Kyrie Irving so he said another thing that's a little bit silly but then I forget that there are a lot of people that are all over the internet and also exist in real life these are not just caricatures on the internet these are real people who see what happens when Kanye and Kyrie and whatever say offensive and incorrect things about Jewish people and they see it and they more and more believe, no, there is something happening. Look what is happening mm-hmm. to Kyrie Irving. Look what is happening to Kanye West. Like, look what the Jews are doing. And, and that is scary. It is scary that there are so many people who who really believe this. And I've, you know, been seeing mm-hmm. it a lot over the past month um, on Twitter and on TikTok and on Instagram. And, and it, it is a little bit scary for me in a way that I kind of liked thinking about it as like this abstract concept and not as real people who think really scary things about me and about yeah. us. Um, so that is a little bit difficult for me. Um, so whether there's a resurgence, I don't know. You know, like I, that that to me is hard to say. I think, you know, anti-Semitism, as, as, as we all know, as we've talked about very often, um, has always existed, maybe will always exist. Um, but this idea of this particular type of anti-Semitism does feel a little bit scary. And when I say this particular type of anti-Semitism, what I think is particularly scary is this idea of like, I think they're is a natural allyship between different oppressed minority groups. And I think the othering of the Jew or the Jewish community or the Jewish people or whatever you want to say as not a natural fit within these minority communities Mm -hmm. because they are seen as actually the most powerful of all is very scary and upsetting to me. And that maybe is the connection that you're making that that is more new than Classic I don't know if it's more n- new, but it feels it feels more scary to me. Like the idea of like I I don't know if it's new. Like I I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you data mm-hmm. that says that it's new. But like the idea of like Jews never feeling fully at home in any country over the past you know several thousand years. Well, I'm that's like, not yeah, new. okay, of course not. Yeah, <laughs> but like the idea of other minority groups kind of beating up on Jews, not literally. I mean, sometimes literally, but generally not literally. Hopefully. Um, and being like, look, we're the oppressed minority, not you guys, is a little scary to me. Now, of course, that has also happened throughout history, right? Like, it's the Jews have constantly been the punching bag for other, you know, oppressed. Like, oh, the reason we don't have what we deserve is because the yeah, Jews are probably like, you know, that that that's always been the case, you know. Um, but um, it, it feels particularly difficult for me seeing that Jews and Black people. In America, I would want to be particular allies and historically have, have often been. been. Obviously, there have been ups and downs in the relationship. Um, but, you know, it, it, it upsets me that often I think blacks are, you know, when we you know talk about scapegoat, talk about punching bag. Blacks have been the punching bag in America since <laughs> way before the founding. But for black people and Jews to not be allies in those minority groups, for instead not and not all black people many many most black people have really really come to the defense of the it's actually been really amazing to see and very gratifying but for there to be this sizable loud minority of black people who are like yeah finally like we're saying it like that that really is is upsetting to me i guess 
Okay, I, I want to hear the answers to the other two questions, but very, I want to yeah. take a little brief interlude. Please. We referenced our you know previous discussion about how you don't even like the term anti-Semitism, but you're yeah. using it a lot now in your you know description of this story. You had said previously it's not helpful, it's not productive to just call something anti-Semitic. Yeah. It's much more productive to say why it's incorrect, why it's hurtful, why it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, do you? How do you feel about that? In this context, is I it think that that's yeah. that's a perfect perfect question because I think it's 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 so true. And it's something I was thinking a lot about as I was watching the Chappelle monologue mm-hmm. and thinking like, is this anti-Semitic? Is it not? And then I'm thinking to myself, dumb question, Rifki. Is he correct? Is he incorrect? You know, like what's the actual story here? What's the actual conversation we're having? And I was thinking about you know. Um, the words that he was actually saying. And again, I, I really, I, I, we're not trying to take this out of context. It's just, it's seven minutes. So we can't play the whole thing for people. We really want you to watch it if you haven't gotten a chance yet, because I think it really is interesting. I think it really is worth watching. Mm-hmm. But a couple of things he said, I'm like, on the one hand, I'm like a little bit uncomfortable. On the other hand, I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all. So like, well, what, b- like bigotry can doesn't have to be a lie. Like, what do you mean by wrong? You mean wrong, like, Meaning like bad that he said it you, or wrong factually? Are you a bigot for saying X? Uh-huh. Well, no, because I, Rifki, also believe and would say X. And well, can you be specific? I don't think just, I'm a can bigot. you just say what it is? Yeah, or? yeah, of course. Yeah. There's this line that I think is, uh, that I, I think was, was very funny. I don't know if you found it funny, was when he says, he's talking about Kanye West. And he said, he actually, by the way, what, one of the things that I thought was funniest about this was he continuously kept making fun of Kanye West and of Kyrie Irving, just like really, really like, you know, making fun of them. One of the things he said was like um, how he was talking about how Adidas dropped, um, Kanye. Adidas dropped yeah. Kanye. And he said, ironically, Adidas was founded by Nazis and they were offended. I guess the student has surpassed the teacher. That was a good <laughs> that was re- I was laughing out loud. I thought yeah. that was great. So he said one of the, one of the problems that, that Kanye did is, okay, quote, the Brooklyn show business rules. Is this a rule? You know, the rules of perception. If, if they're black, then it's a gang. If they're Italian, it's a mob. But if they're Jewish, it's a coincidence, and you should never speak about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Uri, I don't know how you reacted to that clip, but, like, I, I laughed. Like, I, I think it's true. What and I think, what's he saying? What's true? I think what he's saying is that the... Um, when the and I think what he's what he's doing here, it's very subtle, but I think he's he's making fun of society for the stereotypes that we generally have for minority groups. So you see a bunch of black people together and they're like whispering together and you're like, oh, that must be a gang. Right. Like, oh, they must be up to no good and they must be a gang. Right. That's like, you know, what we think about, like, you know, news media, whatever stereotypes. If they're Italian, oh, we have a different word for that. It's a mob. Right. We have another word for a gang of Italians, a group of Italians all doing something together. If they're Jewish, it's a coincidence. You should never speak about it. I thought that was funny. But right. Like, I thought the so idea. Vague, but no, but what's he saying that, that there's a bunch of Jews whispering to each other? Like just the fact that Jews exist, that there's a lot of Jews in Hollywood. Like I don't even it's not funny because I don't understand what he's saying aside from ins- insinuating and like touching on these. Like, what do you think he's tropes. insinuating? What do you think he's insinuating? I'm not sure. There's something nefarious. Meaning, like, what, I don't what are, think. What is but why is it nefarious? He doesn't because think there's something nefarious about gangs, black people. Mobs and I know, gangs but are nefarious. But he's not making fun of black people for being in a group and calling it a gang. He's people not making fun of Italian them people. As he's, nef- exactly. He's making fun of so society what's the perception for having a dumb of the perception. Jews? What's his, what's that, the they, perception? that they run Hollywood, that they run X, that they run Y. But he's making fun of society for having a dumb misconception, seeing a bunch of black people together and making an assumption. So I think he's making fun of Jews. To me, I think he's just deflecting. So what do you think? think it means what do you think well, what it means i think what, i think his point there and it yeah. goes back to what i was saying before about how like he's coming i understand i'm all for we've talked about this before like defending your own like your own identity and your own group first and foremost totally fine but like what he's doing i think is just transparent is that he's saying he's deflecting the anti-semitism and saying people are so racist against black people so like let's not like make such a big deal about anti-semitism i i, I think that's my my underlying feeling about wait his, wait, this wait whole sorry r- i don't think i yeah. understand okay my, my underlying feeling about this whole routine just to like cut to the chase on in terms of what i i don't i'm not going to call him an anti-semite i think what i what what the underlying theme or message that i got from this in terms of what's going through his head and what he's actually saying is that Anti-Semitism is wrong and bad, and historically, very horrible things have happened, but it's not something that 
poses an immediate threat right now that we really actually have to be worried about. It's something we can joke about. It's certainly not anything to be worried about coming from the black community, because as he as he said, Kyrie's black gas was nowhere near the Holocaust. You know, like that's the follow up to the part that I read before. Like, so definitely don't have to worry about it from black people. In general, anti-Semitism is something we can joke about. It's like Jonathan Greenblatt from the ADL he tweeted about this. We shouldn't expect Dave Chappelle to serve as society's moral compass, but disturbing to see SNL not just normalize, but popularize anti-Semitism. Why are Jewish sensitivities denied or diminished at almost every turn? Why does our trauma trigger applause? It also reminds me about how we talked you know, a couple years ago about Deshaun Jackson, a, fo a football player, also black, who had a quote from Hitler on his Instagram. It turns out it wasn't even a real quote, but he quote mm -hmm. quoting Hitler and obviously there was a big backlash and then a different football player Malcolm Jenkins who has been, had been very active when it came to racism and other um, humanitarian you know causes this is what he said in, in a video that he posted in reaction to that we talked about this but just to quote it we got to stay focused. All of this back and forth going on right now is a distraction. Comments were made and they were wrong. Allow those who are impacted by it to voice their grievances, but we've got to stay focused because Breonna Taylor's killers are still not arrested. We're still fighting for justice. We got a lot of work to do and this ain't it. And this ain't it. Stay focused. To me, this is basically what Dave Chappelle is saying. Like, this anti-Semitism is bad. Yes, he apologized. Let him back in the NBA. This is not the point. Racism is much worse. That's what we have to worry about. Let's all move on. Wait, I'm sorry. Where yeah. do you see that in the Chappelle monologue? Like racism is much worse. Like, where do you see that? Well, again, he's saying black people have nothing to do with historic anti-Semitism. The Nets are being way too harsh on Kyrie Irving by giving all these stipulations. He apologized. That's enough. Is that is that not what he's saying? That's he that's, said that's not what I see in what he's saying. Okay, that, okay, okay. That's fine. But that's how that's how I see it and hear it. I'm, I'm not sure I understand. What's your overall argument? No, my, my argument, this, I mean, you haven't said your thing about, did you think it was funny? Did you think it was anti-Semitic? I, I mean, I guess you've talked about that, but you haven't said explicitly to answer that question. I'm answering that question. I'm saying, I'm not going to call him an anti-Semite. I was uncomfortable at parts of it. I laughed at parts of it. I think the ultimate thing that I would accuse him of is not of being an anti-Semite and wanting to cause Jews harm. It's more of not taking anti-Semitism seriously and not considering it something that could actually be dangerous, which is what Jonathan Greenblatt is saying. Like, that's that's why I'm upset at the Dave Chappelle thing. Okay, so let me, let me try to understand. Let's say this entire monologue were exactly the same, but it were a Jewish comedian. Would you make yeah. the same claim? Like, they're not okay, anti-Semitic, but they're not taking the yeah. hate of Jews seriously. I'm really glad you brought that up because that's something that I wanted to talk about. Awesome. It, Jews, and I hate to blame Jews for this you know, anti-Semitism or resurgence or whatever, because I think that's what the anti-Semites do. And that's what I think Dave Chappelle, in a way, was doing also, like blaming Jews for being crybabies, for like, you know, giving these people such a hard time for what they said. So I don't want to do that also. But, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, I think because Jews are so self-deprecating and we are oftentimes so willing to make ourselves the butt of jokes, which I think overall is a good thing, that like is almost part of the culture and non-Jews I think feel much more comfortable you know picking up the baton and take running with it on that front because because Jews and Jewish comedians let's say are so relentlessly you know making fun of Jews which again is okay you know to an extent but like that becomes the perception that like oh it's okay to make fun of Jews Jews are weak Jews are nebby Jews you know the whole uh, Woody Allen stereotype and whatever so if a Jew Wait, said I'm sorry, it, no, I don't so, understand you so think if a, Jewish comedians make fun of Jews more than say black comedians make fun of black people like is that is that your argument you think that we are particularly yeah like, I uh, guess that is what I'm saying okay I, yeah I don't see I don't see the evidence of that. I mean, I'm not like super super holding this, but like I think of like you know Chris Rock's classic um, bit, which like you know a lot of people still have issues with, but a lot of people think is like you know brilliant comedy about like you know good black people, bad black people. Obviously, I'm not going to use the the real language that he used, but like I don't see I don't see that being a, a Jewish particular problem. Well, that's one that, that's one example that would definitely be on, yeah, on that side of things. I don't think that is a really a prevalent thing i obviously don't have a scientific um you know right neither of us had data on, on this it. we data, have different right. instincts it sounds like but the, to answer your question if it was a jew i would be just as upset if not more upset truthfully mm -hmm. interesting because so, jews should have pride just like every other group we pride in ourselves it's interesting, yeah, make fun, like, fine but I, to an extent 
I'll say I'll say like my experience of of this of this sketch is I read a lot about it before watching it and I was really prepared for the worst. I was mm-hmm. really prepared to be very 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 nervous. And then I watched it and I found I don't know, I probably laughed out loud seven times, which is a lot by the way. It's a 7 minute clip. Like I laughed out loud a lot of times and there were I think twice where I kind of winced and I'm like ugh and where I was pleasantly surprised was that I really felt like the brunt of the humor was not about Jews the brunt of the Jews was starting with making fun of Kanye making fun of Kyrie making fun of society making fun of the 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 broader uh, world that we live in that is kind of like (laughs) allowing like some ridiculous things to happen like yeah, he did a few things that made me really uncomfortable with, like, the way he talked. Like, like for example, when he says, you know, that Kyrie Irving was nowhere near the Holocaust. I'm like, okay, that's, like, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I, I don't love that. But then the why? next like, line can you was— say why? Because it's—it doesn't matter. That's not the point. Kyrie Irrelevant, Irving was— Right. Yeah, like, he, that, he didn't that's, do the Holocaust, therefore his anti-Semitism is okay. Right. Like, I, I don't think—I okay, don't right, think that's, 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 okay. a, that's a relevant—you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a strong argument. Like— but the, the follow-up line was, in fact, he's not even certain it exists. He's making fun of Kyrie Irving, right? They're, like the first line, I'm like, wait, what are you doing? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, you're mocking Kyrie Irving. So, yeah, there is something that made me twinge and made me uncomfortable. But that's not even the big punchline on the way you set, he set up the joke. And the other thing also that made me like maybe, I don't even know, like slightly uncomfortable. Again, like not even like majorly uncomfortable, but slightly uncomfortable was when he said, I know the Jewish people have been through terrible things all over the world, but you can't blame that on black Americans. You mm-hmm. just can't. Which was felt to me the same way as Kyrie Irving, like, yeah, of course, but we're not blaming right. that on black Americans, right? We're Who not saying yeah. it's black Americans' fault that Jewish people have suffered and continue to suffer. However, when black people or any people, right, do things that are incredibly offensive and hurtful and untrue, we have a moral right and responsibility, and not just we Jewish people, we as society have a responsibility to call that out and, you know, change the way that we talk about these things. So both of those things made me very uncomfortable. I did not like either of those. However, the vast majority of it really didn't bother me. This idea of, you know, if it's a Jew, if it's, they're Jewish, it's a coincidence, you never think about it, you should never speak about it. I thought that was funny. Um, when he, you know, he talks about, you know, this is this is a side point, but he did this whole thing on Kanye on this podcast and like tucking in their train. I thought that was hilarious um, when he talked about, you know, even like in the opening. Right. He said early in my career, I learned there were two words in the English language you should never say together in sequence. And those words are the and Jews. I thought that was funny. Can I tell you why that part is bothers me? Yeah, sure. One of the most of all the things he said. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, there's there's two parts where he says a similar thing. There was the line you just read, and then later on, which I think also you quoted before, where he says, it's a big deal. He broke show business rules. This is a rule. Like, basically he's saying, show business rules, you can't make fun of the Jews. Like, he does. He says that twice, basically, where it's like, he's not saying don't be anti-Semitic because it's wrong. He's saying don't be anti-Semitic because it's anti-show business rules. You're not allowed to. They won't let you. And who's they? The Jews, obviously. Like... That really bothered me. Like, even in the parts where he's, like, basically, you know, between the lines saying, wink, wink, guys, I, I'm not anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitism is terrible, obviously. And, and I'm making fun of Kanye and Kyrie. But even in those parts, he's saying, it's a show business rule. It's not a show business rule not to be anti-Semitic. That's a human being rule. That really bothered me. And, like, nobody would say that. It's a, you can't be racist because it's a, I don't know what rule. Like, you know, something associated with black people or whatever. Like, no, that's very offensive, is it not? So, I, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot, this idea of, like, whether something is offensive or not. Like, you're offended by it. Okay, so off- offended. Th- it's offensive to you. Like, you're, you're allowed to be offended by it. I'm not it's offended by it. It's insincere on his part. It makes everything that he said to, to show that he's not actually anti-Semitic, to me, not that But you j- also said that you don't think he's anti-Semitic. I said I don't want to call him an anti-Semitic. I don't want to make assumptions. I only want to take him at his word for the things that he actually said. Okay. I mean, I think when he talks about this sort of like, um, you know, this is a rule and you're breaking the rules. And at the end, he, he explicitly says, like, oh, hope they don't I hope they don't take anything away from me, whoever they are. I thought that was hilarious. Right? I thought that was such a funny line, because what he's trying to do there is not say, oh, 
Jews take things away from people because Jews control the media. He's making fun of that stereotype. There's a well, layer there of such cleverness. I was, and I, I, I want to just say this. Yeah. I'm not a Dave Chappelle person. Yeah. Like I've seen some, sh- I, I'm not like, I'm not like, I, I don't love everything he does. Like in general, like I'm like, all right, he's not my cup of tea. I actually thought this was particularly funny and particularly clever. I was very, very, very impressed with it. Yeah. I mean, you asked me before about like, what if this had been a Jewish comedian? Like, Mm -hmm. how would I think about it differently? So I think, you know, on that point, um, when there are a lot of Jews, I guess you're one of them who were not really uh, either not particularly offended or not offended at all by this. Elon Gold, who I actually really look up to as as like a brilliant comedian and and just like a really good person and thoughtful person, huge supporter of Israel and of Judaism and Jews. he said if, on Twitter, if anyone saw Dave Chappelle SNL monologue and took away anything other than these two points, you just don't get it. Dave was acting as referee between the Jewish and black communities, damaged relationship after Kanye's dangerous rhetoric. Number two, Dave is the best. I think he's biased because he's a fellow comedian and he and he also is a believer in like not being canceled and being able to joke about anything. But like, I respect it. There's a lot of Jews who are, I wouldn't say def- maybe defending or just like saying this was not anti-Semitic, this was not offensive, this was... That's I think that's an, an acceptable you know opinion to have. However, I think there's a there's something that I, I think some people and you even yourself admitted that you fall into this sometimes uh, trap that uh, is that people are being a little bit naive. I think Jews specifically who are saying this isn't offensive. Some of them at least in certain ways, they it's just too far beyond our experience or what we want to believe that people take this stuff seriously. That people can hear this or see this and take it to heart and and like have ill will or violent thoughts against Jews like because we know it as so ridiculous like you know I've heard Jews joke about it because it's almost funny to say Jews control Hollywood Jews control the media like it's so preposterous that it's really it's funny in, in a lot right. of contexts. So, so so that's a different argument and I'm pretty sympathetic to that argument of sort of like what did he mean what was he trying to say what does he believe does he does he you know have animus towards Jews you know things like that that's almost a separate question than what are people going to understand and perceive right. and think after they watch it. And it reminds me a lot of like Trump stuff, right? When people are like, oh, he's, you know, he's anti this, he's pro this, he's whatever, whatever. That feels less important sometimes than what people perceive, right? White supremacists take, took heart from a lot of things he said. So you could say all you want, he's not a white supremacist, right? And maybe he isn't. What do I know? I, I really truly mm-hmm. have no idea. But that is sometimes less important than the fact that white supremacists would take what he would say and they would run with it, right? So, you know, talk about like, oh, he never wanted the violence on January 6th. Okay, but people thought that he did and mm-hmm. he was not so clear in his language. You can at least read it multiple ways. And they ran with it and people died and it was terrifying. So like that, that I think is a, is a different argument and I think an understandable argument. Yeah, like I, I, I might not feel uncomfortable right. with what Dave Chappelle says, but if people are taking what Dave Chappelle says and running with it, and then they, you know, start attacking Jews because of it, that's really frightening. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a version of what I was saying, which is that I don't need to say or prove that Dave Chappelle or believe that Dave Chappelle is anti-Semitic or he was trying to be anti-Semitic in this routine. But if he's not taking anti-Semitism seriously or he's just like being irresponsible in the way that he's talking about anti-Semitism, to me that is very problematic. I also just want to read, this is funny, this this topic, I guess people just know us well enough that like we got a bunch of emails before we even, yeah. you know, spoke about it of people either like giving their thoughts, asking us our thoughts, whatever. So Bubba Elman, a big uh, friend of the show, um, sent us an email. And I, I really like the way he framed this. He was asking us what we thought, but he said, um, I love a good joke and no controversial topic is off limits to me if done well, but I have three rules. One, you have to be laughing with the person slash group. Two, it needs to be clear that you're joking and you don't actually support something bad. Three, even if well-intentioned, you have to be conscious of negative impacts that your joke might have or people who may be particularly sensitive to it. So, I mean, that pretty much encompasses, I think, a lot of what we're talking about. And none of those points is like so clear cut here. I, I agree that he's violating this, you know, without a question. But I think he's arguably, Dave Chappelle, violating all three of those items in, in numerous ways, arguably. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, reading through, you know, Bubba's kind of list, um, mm. do you agree with his assessment that that's what creates a, you know, good joke? 
Well, you know what? I want to take a step back a little bit to talk about Dave Chappelle. Like, like you said, you're not a huge fan. I'm not like a huge fan. I do think he's very talented. I think some of the things that I've seen of his are funnier than others. But like the trans stuff specifically, if people aren't familiar, he's most well known in the last few years for like in a whole series of like Netflix specials, just like really making fun of trans people a lot and joking about them in all kinds of different ways. And he says that it's a free speech thing. And I know that, you know, people should be able to say their opinion and whatever. And it's upset a lot of people. I actually was reading that a few SNL writers, they tried to like not make it too big deal out of it. SNL itself did, NBC, whatever. But a few writers like boycotted this show um, because Dave Chappelle was going to be coming on because of the trans, like I think a a trans writer and and a couple others. Um, So I, I saw some of that trans stuff. I laughed at some of the jokes. But now that, you know, he's doing that same thing at like, my expense quote unquote as a Jew it's like I was really trying to rethink I don't want to be um, hypocritical I don't want to be inconsistent a couple of people actually that I was talking to I've been talking to a bunch of people like the last couple of days about this said to me like well aren't you you know in favor of free speech we were talking about we were both uh, in touch with another good friend of the show uh, Mikey Friedman and um, and he said that to me, like, you know, as a believer in free speech or maybe like coming from he didn't say it in these words, but like coming from like the right end of the political spectrum, like, shouldn't you be totally fine with this? So, I mean, I don't want Dave Chappelle to be canceled. I'm, I definitely don't want that. I'm not calling for that in any way. But it made me take a step back. Like, yeah, maybe if I'm offended by this and I'm, I feel this is hurtful and potentially even dangerous, maybe the trans stuff also, um, if people are saying that as trans, they feel threatened and they feel that this is uh, hurtful and dangerous. I believe them. And I, I actually now going back, OK, you know, if, if it's the same thing, maybe it's not the same thing. I don't know. Rifka, I'd love to hear if you think it's comparable. But like, yeah, it doesn't mean comedians can never make jokes. Like it's obviously a, a fine line to, to walk down. And I don't think anybody has like a precise definition of when it's OK and when it's not OK. Um, and I certainly don't think uh, Jew- Judaism and Jews should be off limits for anyone, whether you're Jewish or not. But at least there should be uh, the same standard. This is something that Mordechai Lovovitz, a former guest of ours, like he says a lot, you know, in regards to the Jew face um, discussion about Jews being represented in Hollywood and in different roles and stuff. It's like anyone should play any role. But like if you have certain rules or unwritten rules for like some groups, that those rules should be consistent across all groups. So here it's like if we can't, like disparage and talk you know and make fun in certain ways in certain mean ways i would say about other groups it shouldn't be okay for jews either like either we make fun of everybody or we don't make fun of anybody in that way if if it it, it feels to me obviously i'm biased as a jew but when it, when it feels like like jonathan greenblatt was saying that like time after time this is like a sarah silverman thing also that she said numerous times we've quoted her the comedian sarah silverman People just don't care about Jews, and the you know when it comes to Jews, different rules apply, and you can you can say things that you can't say about other groups. That's scary to me, and I don't I just don't think that's okay. It seems like Dave Chappelle is comfortable saying it about any group. Um, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. He's he might be unique in that sense, or not. Maybe, and that, I think that's in, a separate question. General, should, should should he be? Is it are we okay with him saying these things about any group? I guess is the question. Again, like I I could. I, I'm not holding enough in like, you know, Dave Chappelle's other, you know, his his general body of work. I've only seen a few things and I wasn't it didn't it didn't compel me to to watch more. And and honestly, I thought this was really good. So maybe now maybe now I'll watch more. Um but but I mean overall, I think look, the story is not about Dave Chappelle. The same way the story is not really about Kanye or about Kyrie Irving. The story is about I don't even know what's the story <laughs> what's the about. Story? What is it about? I, I don't know. What I was are we waiting even talking for that about? Uri, like because I, I I already said three things and cancel them out all in my head, right? Because I'm like, oh, the story is really about you know anti-Semitism. No, it's not. The story is really about what it looks like to be a minority in a country. No, it's not. It's about different minority groups being you know different minority groups butting against it. It actually reminds me a little bit. I was thinking about this this morning. Of last week, we were talking about affirmative action, and with affirmative action, there's there's also this idea of very often we have minorities butting up against each other for the few seats quote unquote, that are available to minorities. So it's like no one's really taking on the massive power structure that is actually keeping the rest of us, quote unquote, down, right? And this is like a larger conversation. I'm not trying to like blow this whole thing up. But very often, that's what it feels like this conversation becomes. Like it's like black versus Jew, black versus Asian, Jew versus that. Like that becomes the story. And it's not like we're all kind of like, you know, uh, unions against the man. You know what I'm saying? Like Who's the man? Why? 
white people? Uh, the, the power structure that keeps down minorities who have fewer privileges. Okay, no, because I don't think I don't think there's a power structure keeping down Jews. Do you think there is? Um, it's an interesting question. I do think that there are ways that Jews are kind of um, systemically kept apart from the larger society, which, by the way, I don't think is necessarily always such a bad thing. Um, but I think you know Jews are not fully accepted in um, plenty of ways. Mm-hmm. Hold on, you know what? I I I I'm, I'm speaking too quickly. I need to give it more time because I think it's actually a really complicated question, uh-huh. and I don't like the way that I'm saying it. Well, what do you think, Uri? Like, do, do you think do you think there's anything there's I, anything to that? Yeah, I've said this before, and I, I have a different question I want to ask you, but I guess I'll I'll just say quickly that like I think anti-Semitism is a unique type of hatred. Um, in the way that it manifests and usually we think and I think that's part of why people don't take it seriously enough and don't understand how it works and how it's worked historically um, you know just to say it in a, in a, in a simple crass way often you we think of bigotry as punching down and with anti-semitism it, it's oftentimes punching up it's not saying that Jews are terrible and stupid and can't do anything and like are, are a waste uh, uh, you know, of oxygen on earth. They're saying is the opposite of that. Jews control everything. They're all rich. They're all powerful. And, you know, they're they're p- pulling the strings behind everything behind the scenes. So like to a lot of sometimes, pe- I mean, there's different types of, of anti-Semitism. Oftentimes, I mean, you know, in, over I think over in, the centuries. In, but isn't bigotry just kind of like a hatred or a distrust of the other? Like why? Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying it's I think it's productive and important to get into the specifics of of the type of, of what people are saying and how the hatred. So you manifests. think anti-Semitism is a distinct sort of bigotry because it is more punching up than it is for other bigotries? I think people could say that racism against black people is unique also, and that would be perfectly valid. It's unique in, in its own I'm not, ways. I'm not pushing back. Right. I'm just trying to understand the, the claim. I think. Listen, there might be other groups that are punched up to also, but I think what makes anti-Semitism not taken seriously, like I've, I've heard firsthand from many, many people, like this often comes up in like a workplace scenario, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I'm literally just thinking of, of, a, of a bunch of people um, who it came up in one form or another where a coworker who was not Jewish and did not have a lot of connections with Jews, I guess, growing up or whatever, said something along the lines of like, why are you worried about your paycheck? you know, you know, don't Jews, aren't all Jews rich? Or um, why don't you just buy it? Like someone was talking, compl- my, my grandmother had some store. She was like complaining about a store and, and her, someone she worked with was like, why don't you just buy it? And she's like, what? It's like, yeah, that's what Jews do. When they, when they don't like something, they just buy it. Like, <laughs> you know, things like that. The person saying it could be a nice person is not intentionally trying to be hateful. They're maybe even thinking it's a compliment because they're saying you're rich. Isn't it good to be rich? Like, I think... That's what makes this complicated. And I think, you know, it just I've said this many times, comes all the Jews in Germany were like very, quote unquote, privileged that didn't prevent them from being slaughtered. Like just because somebody, you know, is has money, which not all Jews do, obviously, but that's a stereotype. That's not always true. But even if they do have money, that doesn't mean that they're that they can't be hurt, like physically or emotionally or whatever, by hate, by by hatred. Um, you know, so I think that is what a lot of people miss in the anti-Semitism conversation. And that's why Malcolm Jenkins said, let's focus on what's actually important. This is a distraction because if Jews are powerful and rich, as, as many people perceive them to be, it's a distraction to waste time talking about their poor suffering because that's not something that is needs to be taken seriously. Like that's, I think, the root of a lot of the problem. OK, I mean, I'm I sure I mean, Sorry, I feel like that sounded so dismissive. What what I mean is that very well might be true. A lot of things that you said really just resonated with me. But I don't think that matters. I don't think it matters why one type of bigotry, what the root causes are for this type of bigotry versus the root type of causes for this other type of bigotry. Because I think in the end, they all come down to the same thing, uh, fear and fear turning into hatred of the other. Instead of seeing ourselves and instead of me seeing people of other races or seeing people of other minority groups or majority groups, just people in general as other people who are creating the image of God, that we are all kind of like one big part of humanity, I see them as other. Other people see me as other. It doesn't, mm-hmm. to me, matters. Of course it matters for like understanding and correcting past wrongs. Yes, of course, context matters, history matters, all those things. But at the end of the day, I think remembering that we are all 
linked. We are all here to help each other. When we can help each other, we can also help ourselves. We can all rise from that, I think, is the more important thing to focus on. Ultimately. Yeah, I, I mean, once you're going in that direction, I don't think you have to be a minority to ascribe yeah, to that. Um, you know, white people are allowed to, to, to believe that also. Um, I guess I just want to ask you one more question, just like on sort of connected to that. Like, I've seen a lot of people saying, and again, I thought, you know, Dave Chappelle was being a little bit defensive, as many people, I think, in the black community have been defensive saying that they're the like Kyrie is being treated unfairly Kanye is being treated unfairly do you think there's anything to that do you think the fact that they're black like is there a racism element that they're being held to in a way a higher standard or being treated more harshly than a white person who had said or done some of those things would be treated or the opposite maybe I have no idea. I, okay. I can't think of enough evidence to, to be even be. Meaning, I think there was like that Miami Heat player. Right. That's said, I, Meyer, Myers Leonard, who yeah, he, used he, the he word kike in a live yeah. stream. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's out of the uh, NBA now. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't. He not also wasn't, not like, for sure. Yeah, for this, like, I'm sure this was related, connected. He's also not nearly as I'm good not sure as, of that. as Kyrie. Not I'm nearly not sure. as good. So it's, he, uh, he, had it's a, not... he had a bad injury. Like, I think it's okay. much more complicated than that. Like, I, I, would, I, I do not feel comfortable making a claim about that he's out uh, because the of races. This. Yeah, or unclear. that people okay, are. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any. I, I think also because, you know, Kyrie and Kanye West are so, they're, they're not just black and they're not just entertainers. They are both tops in their field. You know, they had and have tens of millions of like followers on social media. Followers, sponsorships, there's a lot of money there. There are a lot of brands that are very nervous. Look what happened with Twitter in the last, you know, week and a half. You know, brands, all they really care about at the end of the day is their money, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And and if they're nervous, like Myers Leonard, no one knew who he was, right? So it's like I mean Sorry, Myers, if you're listening, like you seem lovely. Um, but like, I, I think, and by the way, Myers Leonard is, I think, an example of someone who has done a crazy amount of chuba. Yeah, like, we, my, we'll like, link to his apology. I won't read it because we're running out of time. But I thought his apology was actually very well thought yeah. out. And but so, also in the years, in the and years what he, since he then, followed like, through with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's actually like pretty incredible to see. I think he's a great model for, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously um, much more important than the, the written apology that they release right afterwards. It's what how they yeah, behave in the definitely. years that follow. It's much more Yeah, what, what their PR team releases right. or what, whatever, what they allow their PR team to release. I'm sure Kyrie Irving's uh, PR people did not, <laughs> were not the ones who were in charge of, of what he ended up doing. Um, but, but ultimately, I don't know. Like, I don't see evidence that one way or the other, that race was super involved in this. What, what mm-hmm. do you think, Ari? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I definitely don't think they were treated more harshly because they were black. If anything, I think to some in some ways they were treated less harshly in the sense of like being given chance after chance after chance to say like, okay, we know you didn't really mean what you said, but just apologize so we can all. What's like, your evidence be... that that would be that's different than white people um, or any other race? I mean, I guess the, you would have to find a comparable example to compare it to. Right. Which I'm saying I you just made a claim. Really have. What are, so what? That's that was my perception. Think... Maybe, I, I don't. I can't say exactly why I feel that way. Um, that's okay. what it, it felt like to me. That so many people with like, I mean, the stuff that Kanye said was like almost funny in the, in how explicit it was in its anti-Semitism. But like, so many people in the wake of that, even the ones who were criticizing him, said like. I know you didn't mean it, Kanye. Like, just apologize. But why? What's your? What's why your? Did, why did all these why people do you think invite that that him might on, be their, on their podcast? Black. Why did all these? Because um, they thought more people would listen and watch because they were trying to make no, money. No, I don't think that happened to like Mel Gibson when he had his his anti-Semitic meltdown. Um, nobody wanted to touch him with a ten-foot pole. It took him. It took him like ten years or whatever. Now he's back in Hollywood. It's a different dis- discussion if that's warranted. But like, I, I don't Wait, know. That's I would interesting. Have to... Hold on. Let me think about that. You think that the reason that maybe. Kanye was because uh, I, I disagree. I my instinct, and I, I again, I have no evidence either way. My instinct is that Mel Gibson refused to be on shows and wouldn't kind of do any press because he was like, "Forget it. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this." And Kanye West was more than happy to say yes to every invitation. I have no like, idea. I, I'm I not. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Again, I would have to sit down and, and try to find a comparable uh, analogy. And it's, this is not the most important part to me. This is not like upsetting to me. Like I think it boils down to like. Black people have, whether the individual black person or just black people as a whole, have experienced so much oppression and and racism and everything like that, especially, you know, in this country, that, like, people are very slow to, you know, equate them with, you know, white nationalists. Uh, You know, Kanye wore a White Lives Matter shirt and he supported Trump, so it's easier to compare him to them. But, like, people don't want to put, like, a neo-Nazi category that's, like, a totally different type of thing. Like, with black people, it's, like, 
let's invite him to a Holocaust museum. It's like the guy, the guy in, in Washington, D.C., the, the city council member who, who blamed the weather on the Rothschilds. He, they, they had a breakfast with him, with all the rabbis from the community. They, they had bagels and locks with him and brought him to the Holocaust Museum to explain to him why what he said was anti-Semitic. They don't do that with neo-Nazis. I, I, to me, it's pretty obvious. But like, th- and, and that guy was, was black? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So you're saying, sorry, just to, to, just to understand. We're talking about do how, not- does the, how does race fit into this equation? And you were saying that oppressed people need to unite with each other. I don't disagree with that, obviously. And I'm saying when an oppressed person or a person from an oppressed group um, expresses hurtful, bigotry things towards a different oppressed group, it's more nuanced and complicated and people are much more willing uh, and ready okay, maybe, to... Maybe, maybe. If, if that's the case, which is okay. I'm that's not, bad? Yeah. No, no. So, like, I mean... I, again, I think in it sounds an ideal, like you're saying that maybe there. The, it makes a me a little there. uncomfortable if if they're given oh, those opportunities okay. and they do apologize and they do go to the Holocaust Museum and say like, "Wow, I never knew that before." Now I now I so now I realize how hurtful what I said was. Like that's great. Everyone wins. Like I'm, I don't have no problem with that. I'm just being honest about my perception as we wrap up of like how race and d- different minority group you know fit into this conversation. I think it's one of those things that like people are oftentimes scared to talk about or, or, or say explicitly, but I just think it's like very clearly there. That's interesting. The story we talked about a few times um, about, I, I don't remember exactly what he, I think it was, this was a person who was either, he was a neo-Nazi or he was part of, he was definitely part of some hate group. And one of the groups that he hated, and he was, he, he did like a, he, he hated Jews, he, was, he did a radio show, he did, he wrote a lot, whatever. Um, but he was like kind of undercover. Um, and he was actually enrolled in a college. And people didn't know that it was him. They didn't, you know, they, they just met him. You know, he seemed like a normal kid, whatever. Um, and it came out, I think in his sophomore year, um, and I'll link to this story because this is a, it was a long story. I read it a while ago, and it was it was amazing. It was really, um, I think, touching. Um, it came out in a sophomore year. Like someone basically maybe in his dorm or in his class found out, spread around the school. He was completely shunned. He lost all his friends. The only people who kept talking to him, or really the only person who kept talking to him, was like a from Jewish kid, basically, mm-hmm. who he went to school with, who basically like didn't bring it up for a while and was just like, whatever. He invited him to Shabbat dinners and he was completely socially isolated and so lonely that he just was going with him just to like have people to talk to. Mm -hmm. And eventually, after maybe a few months, the guy brought it up to him and he was embarrassed. It was awkward. And he was like, look, like this is how I feel. This is who my family is. This is how I grew up, whatever, whatever. And, you know, it took a while. But continuing to build that relationship and keeping that as kind of the, the structure through which, you know, and keeping the, the line of conversation open, but keeping the relationship kind of enabled him to begin to see past his own bigotries and he completely changed his life, disavowed everything, um, left his family. It was like a really, really big deal. Obviously, that's why it was such a, a moving story and became such a big press item because it's like a, it's got all the like, you know, beautiful details, you know, like, you know, all those mm-hmm. things. So I'm not sure that, you know, race has to be a part of it. But overall, I like that idea. I like the idea of not cutting people off for having really really disgusting, bigoted, whether they're Nazis, whether they're Kanye West, whether they're Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving, like they're still people, right? And, assu- and I know that we talk about me being naive, but but I think there there is something there. And I, I don't know. I it just ultimately, I think that's often what I come down to. Um, I know that was a little bit of a side, a side point, but I, I, I think it's relevant because mm-hmm. I think in general, when we talk about bigotry, we put people into this category. Same thing as we talk about anti-Semitism, but it's like, oh, you're a bigot. That's your category. Okay, you're, you're not. Okay, is he a bigot or not? Is that language bigoted or not? Like things like that, as opposed to kind of like something a little bit more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. And I think you know, it, for white nationalists or neo Nazis or whatever, like, why don't we do the same thing? You know, invite them to the Holocaust Museum, or maybe not. That was the, the Modi clip because I played that's last the time. Thing don't in the take world them. To, for don't give them ideas, <laughs> but like something to like engage with them and see, give them a chance to. Maybe they are just ignorant. Maybe they are. They, they don't realize what they're saying. I think I agree. That should that shouldn't just be something we do for for minorities. We should do that for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, as always, the conversation does not end with the two of us. We want to hear what all of you have to think. And really, a special thank you to everyone who emailed us. You know, the the we're recording this on Monday night, and Saturday Night Live was only forty eight hours ago, right? So, like, kudos to everyone who was like, guys. Like who, everyone who's in touch with us. That's awesome. We, we really love it. We really appreciate you. Please, all of you, continue to be in touch with us. Send us an email, TalkingTalklessPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, connect with us on social media, Podcast. Thanks, as always, to Drive-In Productions. They're the sponsor of this week's episode. And thank you to Triple Threat Trio featuring Rage Brigade. They are the official band of Talking Talkless. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.